0: Oh, yeah. October 2nd, 2022. We're continuing in Misilati Yisharim. We're beginning in Perikbet, Perikbet, mm-hmm. Perek Midata Bevi'ur Midat Mesilat leading us along, and beginning really, up until Devekut, he wants to bring us to that state of being where we could be in some way, cleaving to Akadosh Baruch Hu, of course, by mimicking his ways. But we're following the beraita, the statement of and elsewhere, that there are stages that are appropriate and necessary to get to an ultimate goal, or this ultimate goal. Now, the first on those on that path is zihirut. Hineh. What does it mean to be Zahir, the beginning stage? Care of some sort. Oftentimes, when people think about care, they imagine it specifically in the physical realm. I don't get close to dangerous situations that will imperil my physical life. Of course, Zahirut over here will refer to spiritual. our spiritual word Zahirut. A person is mindful, is the word I would use with regards to his ma'asim and i'nyanim, the difference between those is ma'asim, generally speaking, is the more specific activities. i'nyanim are the, uh, the overarching uh, context within which you find or place yourself. Who is the hivra that you're surrounded by? What are the activities, generally speaking, that you find yourself uh, engaged in? That's i'nyanav, ma'asav is, well, once you're in those situations, what are your particular deeds and actions? Kilomar, how do you achieve zehirut? There has to be an hitbonenut. The word ben or bina has to do with being in between, right? Bina means to be able to derive and understand one matter from another. To a large extent, it means being able to place yourself in... In between two concepts and understand what underlies them. Hitbonenut then means I know before I act what I'm about to do. To be able to get into that middle stage is what this is, uh, this Midav Zihirut is all about. It's instead of just mechanically acting and having my thoughts flow into action without a pause. Mitbonen means I stop after initial thought. Determine what is course of events and only then act. The question is, am I doing the right, the complete thing to do or not? Of course, the objective is that you not lose yourself spiritually. You should not find yourself um, with mahalach hergelo. Of course, we talked about those two words more specifically for our purposes. Hergel. mitzvata anashim milumada. What's that? Like ragil. Ragil. That's milashon regel. Wrote. It's your, your legs are just doing, meaning you're used to this without having hit hitbonenut, without pausing, without separating between one step and the next step. Uh, the specific imagery that he gives us is iver, that's a blind person, ba'afela, of course, in the darkness, you don't need to be blind and in darkness to not be seeing. You need to either be blind or in the darkness. Why does he have A ver Bahoshek or ba it's a Pasuk in the Torah? The Pasuk has In Devarim Perekav it says, I don't know by heart, I have it on the side. The Pasuk describes in the Kelala, in the Arur, it talks about the difficult times you're going to be in the afternoon uh, having to feel around like a blind person in the darkness. Again, that only begs the question further, a blind person in darkness just saying you're blind or in the darkness is sufficient to say you can't see the gemara on masechet megilada dalet says that the difference between a blind person in the darkness and a blind person outside of the darkness that's here also i'm not uh, is that a blind person in the darkness uh, doesn't have others to aid them exactly a person a blind person in the light at least they can turn to others or others can see them and help them out of um, the fall that they're about to, uh, uh, you know, uh, the fall into. With the blind man holding the torch, Indeed, right? that's the Gemara Masechi Megillah, which talks about a blind person holding a torch who's asked, why are you holding the torch? He says, I'm, I, ha- I have it so that others can help me if I'm about to fall into a pit, if I'm about to stumble. Uh, So the description then of misilat Yesharim in a full uh, color description is one in which if you don't have Zehirut, you're not just going to be blind, you'll be blind in the darkness. Sharing from the Gemara and Massech and Megillah, it means you won't not, you not only will you not know what to do, you won't have others who are helping you along those ways. Uh, again, the description was that you're not just Mitbonin and Zahir in Inyanav and at uh, your Mitbon in Maasav, you're Inyanav as well, which means to say not only your particular and specific actions, but the people you surround yourself by, the context. If you don't have, even if you're doing wrongfully, uh, even if you're an Iver, if at the very least it's daytime and your Iñyanim are set in order, well, then you have others to aid you in that. Uh, the description is if you are not mindful, if you're blind to these realities, you will be like an Iver ba'afila. Vihneze davar shah seichel vaday, says Mesilat Yesharim, says Ramchali, says the seichel, our mind, of course, uh, necessitates this. There's no way of envisioning life without an appropriate mindfulness. yes, la nishmato, tahen enav, the ra, who pahot, Says why would any person in their right mind not be careful in any and everything that they do? After all, that would make them lower than the animals. Animals, at the very least, know how to run away from dangerous circumstances, put themselves in safe situations. You, if you're not having that hitboninut, that zehirut. You're quite the opposite of that, you've uh, degraded yourself, debased yourself to lower than the animals. It's a matter which is quite simple and straightforward understandable to all the im a person who walks through this world without having that hitbonut, you're like a blind person on the side of a river doesn't mean that perforce, by definition, you'll fall. But if you're right next to the river and you're blind, you're putting yourself in the place of Sakana, of, of danger. One who says, in his concluding sentence over here, he says, don't believe for a moment that to be willfully blind is better than someone who is naturally blind. Maybe you'll say a person who's naturally blind can't open their eyes in order to see. But if I'm willfully blind, I'm just not thinking about it. I'm in a better situation. He says, no, they're identical. What he's effectively telling you is the moment you envelop yourself you bring yourself into a life of willful blindness, you can't get out of it. It's very difficult to pull yourself out of a situation when you already stepped into it without thinking carefully about it. I'm reminded in this context always of what I read in the book Ma'ayan Beit that's written by Rabbi Shimon Schwab, who used to be the rabbi of uh, the Breuer's community, the German community in Washington Heights, he described how when he was a young man he visited Hafez Hayim, uh, the, of course the author of Mishnah Barabb, Israel Meir HaKohen, and uh, he it was a Friday night, he was a single boy and he was at the meal, and uh, the Havet Hayim before uh, Kiddush, I think it was, or maybe immediately after he, Kiddush, he turned to the uh, assembled guests at the table and looked into the eyes of This particular guest, Rabbi Schwab, and he said to him, you know, the Midrash says that when Am Yisrael would eat from the man, they would think about whatever they wanted it to taste like, and that's what it would taste like. That's a well-known Midrash. He says, I wonder what would happen if a person didn't think what he wanted it to taste like. What would it taste like for them? And he let some silence settle in. Maybe he said Kiddush afterwards, maybe Hamotzi. And after some time of thought and introspection, he opened his mouth again, the Hafet Chaim, and he says, I think I have the answer. The answer is that that man would be tasteless. In other words, what he was describing was the Amkut, the depth of that Midrash. Midrash is not describing per se. As a matter of fact, the Pesukim seemed to negate that Midrash. The Pesukim in Parashat BeHalotcha described the taste of the man. The Midrash instead is suggesting what the idea that underlay man was all about. Man was about mindfulness. It was about realizing where my sustenance is coming from. It meant having a dependency on bore alam. As a result, if you're not mindful to that reality, well then it tastes like nothing. The whole idea that the hachamim are trying to get across is when you ate from the man, you had whatever taste because you injected it with the flavor, because of what you were thinking about, because of your itbonenut, because of your zehirut, because of any or every word you want to use to describe mindfulness. And in turn, if you didn't think about anything, well, then it didn't taste like anything. You were tasting something which was Tasteless, because that was the whole purpose of Am Yisrael's journey in truth throughout their forty years we in the desert. Just the midbar. Complain about the man. Sure. Yeah, so that makes sense. That follows. With that soup. But that's they're just going to the motion like it's regular food. And it's in eating. that context, in fact, you that the Pesukim described. They want meat. Right, meat. And yeah. they remember the basil and the shum of Egypt, which is the external self-injected flavor. We don't want that sense of dependency which, which it requires of us to be mindful of that relationship and dependency upon God. That's very much the uh, dichotomy that's being described in the Pesuchim. More than that, the meat, of course, means that I take the animal, I slaughter it, I skin it, I clean it, I barbecue it, I make it myself just based on my own motions, right? The other one, the man, is provided directly mm-hmm. from heaven. Um, directly from heaven means I'm not in control of this. It means I can't mindlessly do this. I have to be mindful of the fact that I might not have food, and I have to look up to the heavens and dream about when the food, food is coming down. I have to think about as I'm collecting it and gathering it, the fact that it's coming from and in turn relating me to bore that was the man. That's the desert in the Midbar throughout. That's what wilderness yeah, that's was about of them just getting it I mean, this, why, right. why you to, this was in the very think. beginning Once 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 it, was, it, listen there the was beginning. a challenge throughout but there was a challenge at the very onset this is as they start their march right. it's in Parashat Ba'adot it's right, right after Al-Pi Adonai al it's years. a difficult it's a difficult it circumstance, just, circumstance right. to get into a situation where I need to be mindful think about the life of a slave you don't need to be very mindful you just need to do right. wrote is, is, is kind of the ideal for a slave this is a nation who were trying to outgrow that, to uproot that from them, it's an altogether different reality for them. That's what the desert was. Forty years in the Midbar was supposed to be that for Am Yisrael. They were supposed to be able to reflect and to grow over the course of that time. As uh, I, I've, I've quoted as well in different contexts, that the mashkiah of, uh, of, of Yeshivat Hebron, of Yeshivat Knesset Israel, his name was by Meir Hadash, one of his descendants I heard Sihat uh, Musa from later on, Rabbi Aaron Khadash. But anyway, uh, what he was uh, of, uh, quoted as saying in the books by uh, Rabbi Shlomo Hoffman, I saw it twice, he quoted this from Rabbi Khadash, He says that the rabbi would, when he would give his Sihat Musa, quite the opposite of what I do, I think maybe there's a careful balance over here, he would pause a lot in between sentences and even words, He'd allow for his words to soak in. in. And it was sometimes, Rabbi Hoffman describes, he says that it was sometimes awkward, it was sometimes (laughs) difficult, there was so much seemingly dead time. So one time, I don't know who, someone had the audacity to ask the rabbi, why do you do that? He cited the Midrash. It's quoted in Rashi, in this perush la Torah, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would do that in his conversation with Moshe. He'd pause and he'd allow for Revach ben, ha, ben Hamilim, having a certain appropriate dimension of space, to let it seep in, to be able to think about it, to be mitbonen is really the word. In truth, the description of human beings in the Torah, and Divrei Chachamim, certainly in the Mekubalim, is always nefesh and neshama. When we describe who we are at our core, we're a nefesh and we're a neshama, we're enveloped by a goof so that we can traverse the uh, course reality in this world. But ultimately speaking, we're nefesh and neshama, and both of those words mean, to a certain extent, the same thing. A nefesh means that he breathed. It means he gave space. Nishama in Hebrew, the way you say to breathe, is nishimaz linshom. To describe a human being is to describe a certain space that we have necessarily fill in this world instead of giving us um, uh, just a rigid existence you must do as I do and you can't think any differently well we have that space to determine and to decide now, the question is what you do with it do you grow into rote mechanical robotic types of existence or do you alternatively exemplify personify well maybe the wrong word but uh, do you live up to what it means to be a nefesh or a neshama, to have that space to breathe Within to be able to determine, to be able to do a hashbon yeah. Hanefish, to be able to um, yes, Charles refers to yesterday's class, Harambam in in Pereke. It talks about Rishut koladam netunado. He describes how each person has the ability, more than that, the responsibility to be boher, uh, Don't for a moment think that you're not a nefish, that you're anything other than an neshama, You have The ability to choose the moment you take yourself away from mindful choosing and determining is the moment you've moved away from being a human being, being a human being that has full potential and responsibility. In truth, uh, not too long I read a dirashah, the Gemara Masechet Chagigan Laftet Vav quotes the Pasuk and Sefer Malachi, not on the side this time, quotes the Pasuk and Sefer Malachi, that uh, the uh, teacher for a person should be like a Rav Hadomei Lemalach, He wanted to be a teacher who's similar, who can somehow, you can look at them and you can see them as being an angel. And of course the Gemara in turn talks about seeking and searching for teachers and mentors who are of higher um, characteristics, um, ethical, moral standards, not only intellectual capacity, but the description specifically of them being like a malach is a little jarring. We'd imagine you want them to be the highest level human beings. The suggestion was in the context of limud, I want my teacher in the context of who I'm learning from, uh, to be a little bit less uh, fluid and a little bit more with regards to their staunched uh, uh, allegiance to the text and to the source, to be teaching it to me in such a fashion. I mean, so there is such a dimension, but generally speaking, as we develop, as we understand... We want to be able to stop, pause and reflect and understand it. We want to exert our of shiṭ. that is very much what Limud is about, but it's very much our life in this world. Life in this world necessarily needs to be one which has pauses and times for reflection, the ability to choose appropriately because I am mindful, otherwise you're living a tasteless existence. My uncle once told me, my uncle, uh, far from being a mir yeshiva student, well, he's a wonderful person, he's just not a mir yeshiva student, said he was studying in mir yeshiva during the summer. He grew up, his father wanted him to go to the classical yeshiva, it was mere yeshiva in and he said that it was a question at the time I haven't been able to pinpoint the year of whether the uh, students should uh, not have a Ben Hazemani, meaning the summer after Chaba until the beginning of Elul, there's a spa- There's a pause. There's a couple of, with a three-week break, the students get off. There was a question of whether they should cancel that because there was difficulty on uh, some front of Israel. So the Zaha, the Israeli defense, the Israel defense forces were fighting. The question was, should the boys in the Beit Midrash also be fighting? Torah? If The whole claim is we're not serving in the army because we're serving it in the Midrash. We're defending here. So maybe we should cancel it. And so they said it was a big debate and it was raging on with regards to the rabbis and the leaders. And finally, Rabbi Chaim Shmuelavitz, as my uncle remembered, got up. He was the Mashkiach and the Rosh Shiva and Mir Yushalayim. And he got up and he said, that the same way a Sefer Torah is Pasul if it doesn't have a pause in between Sefer and Sefer if you go from Sefer Bereshit and the Parashat Vayychi into Te'ele Shemot without a pause without several lines in the Sefer Torah it's Pasul so too a truly mood instead of saying that this break is a break to take our minds off it it's quite the opposite it's the break to sharpen our minds to get us ready for it to get us perspective and mindful otherwise it becomes rote otherwise it becomes something that we're just doing in flowing from one into the next. So the pause, you know, it's the words of Feresh Lakish, lif bitula zohi sometimes by stopping, by annuling, by not doing, uh, you're really, uh, you're really doing more. Shabbat, like, Shemitah, in right? indeed, Shabbat, Shemitah, it's not something that's coded, like could... it. Codified anywhere. Shabbat, Shabbat codified. and Shemitah are certainly codified, exactly. and it's very clear that in each of those kinds, Shabbat there's the words. It's about it's about having that ability. The guy never looked up... Even they, I understand, need to have a certain ability, maybe it's different for them, but to breathe and to, to digest and to determine what they're doing. If Limud becomes just tidbits and, uh, of information and just becomes an understanding of the words and texts and how they, how they manifest themselves, and you lose a broader vision, which you are prone to do if you don't pause. So even a true learner, even a person who's diligent, can be lost without an appropriate zehirut. The difference of zehirut and is that, I mean, the way I'm understanding it, zehirut is more on a cautionary I'm conflating the two. It's interesting, but keep in mind, he's explaining Zahirut with the word mitbone. But I'm saying, he's, he, you're saying in the, in the way we usually word, use the word zahir. He's, he's conflating. He says, what is zehirut? Kilomar mitbonen mefakeh. So I think he's saying it's the same thing. I'm highlighting mitbonen, bina is that middle, but I think that is zehirut for him. Um, You're right. We say, generally speaking, zehirut, and you know, you get to the corner in Israel. Zehirut, be careful physically. He's saying, when I talk about in the spiritual realm, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Al ro'ah b'nei d'oroh m'p'nei ha'yotam negu'im b'nei g'hamidah ha'zot, and says, Yirmiya, the Navi, would complain. He would sigh about the reality of his generation, that they were afflicted with this uh, wrongful character trait, meaning not being able to be za'hir. Sh'ayu ma'alimim enehem ima'asehem b'li sh'yaseimu lev l'raot ma'hem, they would, so to speak, Move their eyes away from uh, properly analyzing and contemplating that which they were doing. Haleihe asot im leihe azev. They would not question whether to do or to move away from doing. The Amar Alehim and he said about them: "Ein Ish Nichamal Ra'atol LeMor Kulo Shad B'Mruzatam Kesus Shotev B'Milchama V'Ainu Shayurodefim Beolchem B'Mruzat Hergelam V'Darcheh B'Beleish Yanihu Zeman LeAtzmaam." He likened them to, again, lower than animals, because they couldn't stop, reflect, and determine. It's similar in that respect to the Gemara in Massech el the Gemara describes a, a pasuk that uh, asks, why is it that this, these people have fallen? Mipeneh, in the eyes of the rabbis, why was it that destruction was declared upon Am Yisrael? Why did we lose the Mikdash? And the famous answer is, Mipeneh she lo Torah techila, because they didn't say berkat torah before studying. I mean, what does that mean? So, and the Gemara describes, basing itself on the Pasuk, they asked it to the scholars, they asked it to the prophets, until HaKadosh Baruch he was the only one who could answer this question, It's very much along these lines. In other words, the Yirmiyah, the one who's leading up to destruction, is looking at the people not per se speaking about their wrongdoing. More than anything, saying you're not doing it mindfully to make a Berachah before anything, certainly before drinking or eating, but even before studying Torah means I pause, I reflect, I understand what I'm doing, I have an appropriate zehirut. Truth is, I just recently saw that in in Siman Memzaim, not on the page. As Turin, in Siman Memzain, he writes that the Birkota HaTorah that we have before, Shabbat, When you have a reference to the Natanano Torato. Hey, you're not just talking about the Torah that you have. You're talking about Matan Torah. Is where you're supposed, he says, you're supposed to think about the Ma'amad. You're supposed to pause and reflect, and for a moment take in the Esh mm-hmm. HaGedola the Kolosha Ma'nu mitochai We heard God's voice and sound from the fire. You're supposed to reenact Har Sinai. I mean, it's the words of Zohar, which we learned in Nefesh Ahayim, That any person who's engaged in Torah, it's as if he's ka'e Torah desina, as if he's standing on Har Sinai. Oh, how can I feel like I'm standing? on Harsinah, if I haven't stopped and reflected, that's It's not per se that they didn't study. It's not per se that they're not performing, but they're not thinking about it. In turn, uh, there's a tendency to pervert. You pervert something that could be good and is straight when you don't stop and reflect to determine what is it, how is it that I should sharpen it or move away or engage in this. So is it better to not do it at all? It is uh, difficult to, to answer that question. depends question? what you're talking about. He wants to know, is it better not to do it yeah. at all? Right. So but it's anyway, a question. Whatever, if it's no, about Torah, yeah. so certainly not. If it's one of the mitzvot, we always say that's the Gemara Masih. Pesachim and Dafnun. But keep in mind, it's a Hidush. He needs a hit here. You would have thought that a Torah would lead to a perversion. And turn, he says, no, it's okay. Why Because we assume it will work itself out. There will be circumstances, though, if you're not mindful about them. If you're there, which could be just ask, asking or asking for um, the danger to befall you. So there's no no simple answer to that question. More than anything, I would just encourage an appropriate zehirut. If you are in the rote activity, you know there is there are the famous words with regards to tefillah. It's a little different than zehirut. But it's along these lines, if, it's, if a person doesn't have the, the, the requisite level of kavanah and tefillah, so then what is their tefillah? Uh, so the, there is an argument amongst many that you're considered mit'asek. Mit'asek means you have no intention. On Shabbat, if you're walking down the street and you did a milachat through your walking, mit'asek be'alma, you didn't have any mindfulness to that activity at all. Tefillah, if it's mit'asek, yes, the answer would be if you're mit'asek, if you know that we know, a shikor, if a person is, is drunk and will not have the requisite level of of, of mindfulness of kavana in the tefillah, should not be engaged in it. If a person says, but I'm used to, I'm conditioned to saying these words, so therefore I shouldn't say them, we say to them, no, you engage in it, and we hope that will sprout forth from it an appropriate kavana, or I'll call it zehirut, but certainly... Uh, the first stage is that Zehirut. Even Nefer Shachayim, which we learned at the beginning of Sha'ar Dalit, he was talking about what is Lishma in that context, if you recall. And he said, what's Lishma? He says, "Lishem HaTorah, period. And he said but wait a second he said, "But wait a second. it doesn't mean that before you study you shouldn't take a few moments he didn't want like the hasidim that it becomes all about the yiras hashem and all the ahavas hashem and it's all about the emotion and my god but he said but for a few moments beforehand you should have a kabbalat you should accept the fear the awe the yirat the romimut before the engagement in torah zehirut is a prerequisite to anything certainly engagement in the world outside of the strict torah mitzvot veulam hine zot beemet achat mitahpulot this in truth is one of the ways of being ensnared uh, trapped by uh, the etz ra and his uh, sly way of course yeser-ra could and perhaps should be determined by us and understood as something internal it's our consciousness our inner Uh, inner compass for uh, determining and deciding what to do. There's that word, revah means the space. And it says you can have a yeser hara, which um, leads you internally. I'm engaged in important things. I'm learning Torah. I'm working diligently and dutifully in anything and everything in life. That still can be wrongful. No, but I'm so busy. It's good to be busy. Adam le'amal yulad. We're born in order to be busy. But wait a second. You're born in order to be busy, but you haven't stopped to think about what you're doing. No, but I'm doing all the right things. Am I not? I don't know. Have you been able? And that's that's really that's that's the yeser hara. It brings us back to milifaninu What's milifaninu milifaninu? A I understand it's going to catch me if it's in front of me yeser hara. So then, uh, what do you need to show? I could I could beat it up. No, no, because sometimes you won't even realize you won't. You'll be saying, "I'm doing the right thing, am I not?" Oh, kind of, but you're perverting the truth because you haven't stopped to determine what it is it and how you're doing it. What's that? It's crazy, you wrote this in the 1700s. Imagine what like he would say today about how busy we are. With the the busy and the crazy world of today I can tell you, I remember one, one Moshe Shabbat, Hamu Vadia Yosef was not feeling well, so his son Ham David came in and filled in for him in Knessyazdim, I remember it, uh, because I remember I was a little disappointed, but then I enjoyed, I mean, of course, I was going to enjoy what he said, so he was talking, it was the very beginning of cell phones, you know, this is uh, 20 years ago or so, but in Israel, they beat America to the cell phones, so he started making fun of the cell phones, so he says, my issue is not, and he, he carries a cell phone, he carried that, my issue is not that he carries a cell phone, my issue is that you carry two, Cell phones and the beeper. I mean, at the time, I guess that's the before smartphones. So he said you're not just busy. You're not just there for. You're so overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, you can only you can Don't only say imagine. You know that 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 real you know, there was um, you know was, uh, someone who, who wrote a book some time ago and he described uh, stopping at meetings when uh, he's waiting for people to come to him and he says you know some people get annoyed especially in today's day and age fast paced world uh, and so he said people would walk into the meetings I'm sorry I'm late it's a nice standard natural I say no thank you for being late what do you mean thank you for me he gave me three minutes to think he gave me five minutes to eavesdrop on the table next next to me and give thought to oh what is it and how is it that we're going to tackle this instead of racing from meeting to meeting instead of uh going as the world uh, certainly technologically but outside of technology we we pack our schedules in a way that there is no time no blank space no opportunity to live and to march through the wilderness of the midbar to be zahir that's what he's talking about you're right in a time and age where he was distant from our reality of today i will tell you even reading from a therapist that I read from him who was writing maybe 70 years ago. He, oh, it can't be 70, must have been 45 years ago. And he's making fun of the new technologies that are the microwaves and the this and how things are going quick, can you imagine? And he's talking about the mindlessness of the generation as a result of it. <clears throat> As the world gets faster, this—the beginning of the of the pathway, of the beginning of, of of refining our character traits—becomes more and more difficult. shi the yeser knows that had it without, had it been. Uh, that we were able to stop for a moment and think, contemplate, determine, just for a moment, just for a few seconds, well, then we would regret certain things that we do. And in turn, we'd have that regret which would cause us to leave that which perhaps we were set out uh, to do. The Chachamim and Masech Bava Batra have the following derasha. It's a well-known derasha. See, it's a well-known derasha. The Gemara Bava Batra and Daf Ayn Het is Doresh pasuk and sefer b'mitba. Pasuk says Al Kenyo Meruham Mosheleim Bo And the derasha of the Chachamim, instead of reading it as a physical Mosheel someone who's tackling and conquering, and Bo Heshbon being maybe a place or something like that, instead it's those who are Moshe. Shilim, the people who are truly controlling themselves have an appropriate ha-nefesh. they determine their the Gemara goes on to say Sachar mitzvah I don't think those words are here, right? That's what the Gemara says in the continued lines. It's people who are determining and deciding. Um, uh, that's that's a person who's mosheil that's a true uh, dominant, a person who has true dominance uh, that's that's zahirut that's the ability to acquire this character trait it's a lifelong endeavor but it's easier than others to achieve it just requires pausing it just requires thinking maybe that's difficult today but you know to to a certain extent Uh, in in times of old, uh, certainly they used to tell us to do, I don't know how many people actually did, they used to have pinkas, they used to have notebooks where they would write down uh, matters and issues that they were working on and every day they would just go back and ask themselves, how did I do with this character trait? I remember once reading from Hafez Chaim, if I remember correctly, he said it's funny because you have the same people in business who would never act without it being in their book just look at a simple store owner, everything needs to be written down in, in order to give on credit or in order to determine what they have in, in stock and so forth, and then their life, they can't just write down three words with regards to how they're progressing. They can't stop and think about it. That's all road but in the in, in the in the financial realm, uh, they're all thought out and realize the necessity of that. Of course, that's the reference to making certain Am Yisrael are now stretching their intellectual minds, their intellectual muscles are being stretched out, they're thinking about freedom. The only way to defy that ability, to get them away from that, is by burdening them and taking away from free time. The moment we have less free time, the moment we cannot and will not think cogently That was Paro's will. Give them more work, they won't think about freedom, they won't think straight. Paro's <laughs> will. His uh, passion, his vision is to give Amiso more work so that they cannot be zahir, so they cannot determine. After all, that was the fear. Uh, uh, that maybe they'll team up with our enemies and revolt. They won't revolt if they don't have time to think about revolting. So to that our hara, which uh, drives us to not being able to stop and properly contemplate, reflect, and determine. It's the Pasuk in Chaga. You should place your minds, your hearts on your ways, which means to say, before you go on your way, think about what way you're going on. Pasuk in Mishle says, Maybe the Pasuk is a bit different. The Derasha has it that way. Um, you should not give easy sleep to your eyes. miyad amru kol ba'olam Any person who sham, sham means to make a shuma. Any person who evaluates the gemara masechit zotah. <in Mandarin> any person who evaluates their ways, kadosh baruch hu, they will reveal to them. His redemption. It's a necessity to be constantly thinking through, determining, and deciding what we're going to do. Don't for a moment believe that this is individual and independent of the Ezeb HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Of course, uh, there's a, there's a reciprocal relationship with regards to our actions and God's aid in them. It's the words of the Gemara in so many places. You open for me just a hole uh, which is the size of a needle and I'll open that of a auditorium, of a hole. Uh, the, 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 uh, any person who who seeks and searches to go on the right path, he has uh, he's not able to overcome unless Akadosh Baruch Hu is so it says, don't for a moment think that this is without a relationship with God. However, he'll continue in just a moment to say, don't think that you're not responsible. It's very much along the lines of what we were discussing on Shabbat. In other words, is a necessary dimension of acceptance by us because otherwise we say it's all in the hands of heaven. So uh, don't don't get caught over here on either one of the extremes. It's neither not in the hands of heaven nor all in the hands of heaven, because either one of those will lead you to not be zahir, to just go with it and whatever God wants. No, there's a certain reciprocal relationship. There's a certain uh, yigi'ah and misi'ah. In fact, the Gemara, the beginning of Masicha Megillah, where the Gemara has in Yomar Adam. Uh, it's a song as well. The statement is, if a person says to you, I, did, I, I I, exerted myself, I put in effort, and I found, that's where you believe them. Finding is not usually the word we associate with effort. I say, put in effort, and you were successful. What's the finding Suggestion of Gaon Mivilna and others is the Gemara is referring to this sort of point. You put in the effort, sure, there was the success, but then the success was propelled further. It was pushed by Akados Bar There's a Messiah, which comes as a result of placing yourself in the right context, along the right path, uh, tapping into true knowledge, uh, developing yourself In the darkeha emet, that's the description throughout. It's it's an existence which I think a reality we've we've experienced in our lives. If we've been in successful situations, there are the unspeakables. I know I put myself here. I know I put in so much effort, but look how I went further. Oh, you built for yourself God's involvement. But again, his statement is: Don't think for a moment that you're doing this without God. Which means to say it starts with you. It starts with the Yigi'ah, then you'll have that mitzia. It starts with the pitihav mahat. If you don't open a little bit, so then you're not getting the full opening. Certainly you want the full opening, you want that development. But if you didn't start it, if you're not Mepakeh, if you're not Mitbonen, if you're not so then you're not getting that aid. If you're not caring, if you're not mindful, if you're not careful, uh, then who will be? Uh, some time ago there was a Misilat Yesharim. I should bring it. It should be one of the ones we use. Uh, published by the Mashkiach. I had the privilege to meet with more than once Rabbi Don Segel, and Rabbi Don Segel, he quoted over here, if I remember correctly, that Rabbi Elia Lapian, who was one of the great Baalei Musar in Israel Yisrael and before that in Europe, he read these lines several times over and over. The Baalei Musar, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter and his students, they had a specific methodology with regards to Misilat Yesharim and many of the Sifrei Musar. They would read with a particular tune and then just repeat it and say it again and again. And if you did it with that tune, I never experienced it. I met people who experienced it. Did it with that tune in that context, it just brought you to an emotional connectedness, almost trance-like, uh, to tapping into the reality. So I said Rabbi Elia Lapian, who was a person who rose to great levels in his own life, just repeated these words, if you're not putting it in so who's going to again not describing you as being able to do it independently nor accepting that it will be done for you it starts with you and then it's filled in by that which is affected by you and by in turn A kadoshbahuka nyan masha amruzal ko mi sheenbo dea asur lerachemala vehuma shamru im ena nealy me li going backwardsna vot im ena ne le if I'm not for myself me lee. What do you mean a kadosh barchus for you? But if you didn't start with thinking about yourself, then he, so to speak, is not thinking about you. And it's kainyan shamru, and it's similar to that statement, Hasech Ha'verachot happens to be talking about goyim, that's why it's similar to it. Kol she'en bo de'a asu we don't have mercy, and we assume HaKadosh Baruch Hu isn't being merciful to us, If we're not exerting and implementing our own de'a, we should only be a zokhe to merit the beginning of the pathway, to start the journey on that of zehirut, mindfulness, effectively and appropriately. Baruch Amen